Good morning. Welcome to Redemption Online. My name is Stephen. I'm the lead pastor, and I am glad that you are here. We're in a series entitled Redemption. And uh, what we're doing is talking about preparing for our relaunch. And in this redemption series, what we're not doing is throwing out our four years of church history. What we are doing instead is revisiting the book of Acts and seeing uh, what the church that Jesus came to plant was like. Uh, we want to be the church that Jesus came to plant. We can't be the church that Jesus came to plant without knowing what the church that Jesus came to plant was like. And so we're studying the book of Acts in order to figure that out. Uh, as a church, God has, um, over the last four years, given us some exciting um, stuff, I guess, for lack of a better term, like a vision statement uh, to be the church that Jesus came to plant. Uh, he's given us a mission statement to help all people experience redemption and live in freedom. He's given us a culture that church is a family. And so we uh, believe all of these things and uh, it's become a part of who we are. And so in our redemption series, we're revisiting those things because uh, we want to be the church that Jesus came to plant. Now, in our quest um, to do that, what we're doing is we are studying um, the book of Acts and we're seeing re-words, okay? Uh, and there's a different re-word for each of these weeks. And so our first re-word was receive, as in receive the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit, I should say. We saw that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And then our second word uh, was to regroup or to re-team. Uh, and so we've been talking about our teams on, uh, as a church, that ministry is not to be done individually, but in a team. Uh, and so this Tuesday is our team um, cookout slash meetings. And so you're going to eat, and then you're going to hang out together as a team, talk about your ministry, uh, and get ready for relaunch. Uh, if you're not on a team, feel free to join one. We'd love to have you reach out to us, and we'll get you connected to one of our four teams, our worship team, our kids team, our youth team, or our environment team. Uh, and then our Third reword last week was repent, to have a radical different perspective on, a, on either sin or God, right? To, to be going one direction, but to turn to a different direction, a direction that honors God. And so that's what we've been talking about so far through this series. And today we get to our fourth reword, our fourth reword. Uh, and you'll see it in our text when we get there in a moment. This morning, our aim is to talk about this. Why do Christians gather together? What's the point of Christians ga gathering? And so we're going to look at this through um, three different questions. Why do Christians gather? What is the source or the power behind Christian gatherings? And how should we then gather as a church? And those are going to be our three questions this morning. Our main text is in Acts chapter 3, verse 17 through 21. Let me read it to you. And now, brothers... I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing, there's our word, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long 
ago. It's Acts chapter three, verse 17 through 21, our key verses for today. And the key word in there was refreshing or refresh. So our key word for today, our reword is refresh. In order to be the church that Jesus came to plant, we need to have refreshing gatherings. So our opening question this morning was, well, why do Christians gather? Well, there was our word, that we might be refreshed. So the context of Acts chapter 3 is this. At the beginning of the story, uh, Peter and John, two of the disciples, were walking into the temple. And as they were walking into the temple, they saw a, uh, a beggar. And the beggar asked them for some money. And they said, we don't have any money, but here's what we can do. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man did. He was healed instantaneously. Now later, this man's healing caused some um, a ruckus, we'll use that word, uh, in the temple. And people were asking, how did he get healed? And what happened? Then they approached Peter and John. And they say, how'd you guys do this? And they say, well, it wasn't on our power. It was on the power of Jesus's name. And then as the crowd begins to gather, Peter takes an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. And so he tells them that times of refreshing may come as we gather. And so he shows us why it is that Christians gather, that times of refreshing may come. And so friends, when you and I gather, when we gather as a church, our intent, our hope is to experience times of refreshing. Times of refreshing, like when you're really hot and you've run outside and you've worked up a sweat, you were mowing the lawn or you were were on a run or just exercising, whatever it is that you do, and then you got a nice cold drink of water and it was refreshing. When you've had a really, really busy season and you're super stressed out and you take the most glorious, relaxing vacation ever, it's refreshing. These times of refreshing are uh, things we need in life to re-energize us, uh, right? To get us going again, um, to get our minds right again. These times of refreshing. And so like a cold drink of water on a hot day or a vacation in a busy season or a nap when you're exhausted, going to church, gathering with fellow Christians is supposed to be a time of refreshing, And so in the same way that you would drink that water, um, showing up to church on Sunday, you're to walk away and go, whew, I needed that. That was refreshing. That times of refreshing may come. Now, I know uh, right now we're gathering online, and I hope that these online services have been refreshing for you as they possibly can be while still remaining uh, in your pajamas at home refreshing. Um, It can happen like this digitally. Of course, we're really excited to begin to gather again. Uh, We're calling that relaunching, uh, where we get to meet together again in person. Uh, Now, we don't exactly know when the date is that's going to happen, but I can give you two dates right now where we're going to begin to gather again as a church body. Uh, And so the first one is on the 15th of July. We're going to do a bonfire and a worship night, so our band will be out there. We're going to just hang out and, you know, make s'mores and all of that kind of stuff but will be in person and the whole church uh, the whole church is invited. So put that, it's a Wednesday night. We'll suspend our normal Wednesday night activities. We're just gonna hang out together as a church, sing some songs uh, and just see each other again. 
And then August 2nd, it's another date you can put out on your calendar. That's our annual baptism at the Pikes residence. And so we'll be there at five o'clock. We're going to baptize people. If you want to get baptized, make sure you send me a Facebook message. I think we already have two people um, just by quickly announcing it on a Wednesday night service. And so now we have more uh, that I'm sure want to get baptized. So let us know. That night will be a party. We're going to eat. We're going to hang out. Might play some dodgeball again. Um, and then we'll, you know, have some baptisms, um, which will be the highlight of the night, of course. And so those are two days that you can put onto your calendar of times when we're going to be able to regather and refresh each other by seeing each other again. Let me give you a definition of a gathering. A gathering is a time for the church family to hear biblical teaching, pray together, and worship. That's what a gathering is. We pray together. We, we, of course, we come together as a church family, but we pray, we, we, we look at Scripture uh, and then we worship together. Well, why, why are those what we do in a gathering? Well, look what the next line is in our key verse in verse 20. It says that times of refreshing may come where? From the presence of the Lord. So our first question is, why do Christians gather? So that we might be refreshed. But secondly, then, the question is, well, what's the source of the Christian gathering? The source of the Christian gathering is the presence of of the Lord. Biblical gatherings are about the presence of the Lord. If his presence isn't there, then it doesn't count as a biblical gathering. Now, some of you might say, well, yeah, but you know, for Christians, we have the presence of the Lord. And didn't Jesus say where two or three of you are gathered? Then there I am too. That's not exactly what Jesus said. What did he say? He said, when two or three of you are gathered, what? In my name. When you're gathered in my name, there I will be also. Let me suggest that you can have a bunch of Christians together and it not be a biblical gathering. See, what we're going to see in this story, and and part of what I want us to um, see in the context of our church family, is what does it look like to intentionally bring the presence of the Lord into a gathering? What does it look like to um, to not just want to be together, but to be together in the name of the Lord? See, what separates a gathering from this type of gathering is, is just the name of Christ, is, uh, is the presence of the Lord. Um, over the last couple of weeks, um, really just like the last two or three weeks, Lindsay and I have been hanging out with people again, inviting people over to the house, stuff like that. Um, and we've had two different gatherings. We've had more than two, um, but two in my mind right now. And one, they were both fun and they were both good. And I loved both of them. And I love all of the people involved in both of them. One of them, um, we stopped and we intentionally prayed with each other and for each other. The other one, we didn't do that. We didn't bring up scripture. We didn't sing together. um, uh, We we didn't stop and pray for each other. And it's not that it was a bad gathering. It was just different. There's something unique in Christian gatherings when we intentionally bring in the name of Jesus. It, It brings a different sense, a different power to the gathering. What does this look like? Um, Well, in this story, um, this all began because one man was telling how God had changed him. And so one of the ways you can intentionally bring the presence of the Lord into your gatherings is simply to talk about what God's doing in your life, celebrating the good things that are in your life. What Paul's going to do here, or I'm sorry, Peter is going to do here. I keep doing that. What Peter's going to do here, uh, he's going to quote some scripture. Another way to intentionally bring the presence of the Lord into a gathering is to just talk about scripture, to to read it or to share what you've been reading or to actually open it up and talk about it together. Uh, Another way, of course, that we're seeing uh, is prayer. 
And that just the, the element or the presence of prayer, and I don't just mean praying for your meal, but the presence of prayer in the gathering, um, then you're gathering in the name of Jesus. Then it becomes one of these gatherings. A time of refreshing then can come. So what's the, the, the source of Christian gatherings? The power behind them? It's the presence of the Lord. And, and we can usher that in whether it's through testimony or scripture or prayer or singing songs about Jesus. Now, how does this happen? Well, it's not always, and I'm talking now more of a, um, uh, a whole church corporate context than maybe just like your individual gatherings at your house. Um, but, but where in a church context, how do we bring in the presence of the Lord? Of course, through the things I just mentioned, um, prayer and scripture and preaching of the word and, and, uh, and worship. Uh, but the text actually teaches us something that's interesting. Look at verse um, 19. It says, repent therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What's that teaching us? It's teaching us this, that biblical repentance leads to biblical refreshing. Let me say that again. Biblical repentance leads to biblical refreshing. This is contrary often to what we think. Sometimes we think, well, I just want to get together and and I don't want church to be heavy and I don't want church to um, tell me about sin and I don't want church to challenge me and I don't go to be told that I'm doing something wrong. Here, Peter is making a direct line between repentance and refreshing. That if we want true biblical refreshing, it begins with true biblical repentance. And so maybe you walk out and you say, man, that was kind of heavy. No, that was church. Biblical repentance leads to biblical refreshing. Let me say it this way. Preaching to feel good, but not dealing with sin underneath is like painting a condemned house. And so I could stand in front of you and preach something that makes you feel great. But if we don't deal with the sin underneath, it won't actually lead to biblical refreshing. Repentance leads to refreshing. I was having this conversation with one of our elders, Frank, earlier this week. We were talking about this particular text, and he said, I can affirm that. He said, some of the most freeing days of my life are when I have finally gone through the process of repentance. I would second that. Some of the most freeing days of my life are are the simple act of repentance. See, sin has a way of hanging on us. The devil has a way of making us feel guilty or shame or condemned over our sin. That's not what the Christ follower is supposed to experience. No, true biblical refreshing comes from biblical repentance. Psalm 51 is perhaps the most clear example of what biblical repentance looks like. See, biblical repentance is not just remorse. It's not just feeling bad. As we talked about last week, repentance is having a radically different view and then changing. Repentance is saying, I used to think this was okay, but now because of Christ, I don't. Biblical repentance is, I used to do this, but now I don't. Why? Because of Christ. Because of my heart changed and transformed. Some of you might be one true heartfelt repentance away from true refreshing. Uh, David, in Psalm 51, his confessional psalm, says, Lord, renew my heart. Revive my spirit. David isn't saying, God, renew my heart and revive my spirit, but don't make me deal with my sin. David's saying, God, because I'm dealing with my sin, 
because I'm repenting, because my heart is crushed, because I know that it was wrong. I want to do differently. And as I turn to that, Lord, revive my heart, renew my soul. And guess what he does? He does exactly that. He does exactly that. Friend, you might have been saying, I've been going to church for years and I don't feel refreshed. Uh, I've been reading my Bible and I don't feel refreshed. You might just be painting a condemned house. You want to feel refreshed? Repent. Turn. Turn. Look at the beauty and the grace of Jesus waiting for you. Then refreshing will come. This sometimes is not easy. It does mean sometimes turning from um, a, a lifestyle of sin, intentional behaviors of sin. And I could look at you and I could just tell you, God loves you, don't worry about it. God loves you, you're fine. But that's not the Bible. Repent and be refreshed. Repent and turn to Jesus. So biblical repentance leads to biblical refreshing. James 5 gives us another perspective on this when he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. That word healed there is very similar to the word refreshed. Do you wanna walk in new freedom? Then confess. Now we don't confess to another person because then we're forgiven. Sometimes we just confess to other people because it helps free us from the weight and the bondage of the sin, all right? Not in like a spiritual sense of like, am I okay with God? But just in a, like a mental and an emotional sense of just getting it out there. And so when we have good biblical friends that we can do this, it frees us. Some of you might need to have a conversation with somebody you trust. You say, I don't wanna be in this sin, but I am. Can you help me? Can you pray me out of it? Like the text says, repentance leads to refreshing. My job on Sunday morning is to help you walk out refreshed, but the path to that is not to avoid sin, The path to that is to encourage you to run from it. Biblical repentance leads to biblical refreshing. What we're also seeing here um, in the context of this is that this all happens in the temple and it happens with people around. And so what we're also learning here is this, that biblical relationship also leads to biblical refreshing. And so if you and I want refreshing, um, repentance leads to it and relationship does. Biblical or godly relationship leads to refreshing. Let me show you a couple of examples of this um, because it's all throughout the scriptures. And when we gather, whether it's in life groups or uh, it's just in houses having fun together or Bible studies um, or at church on Sunday, um, biblical relationship leads to biblical refreshing. Um, Romans 15.32, Paul, actually Paul, not the fake Paul that I've been mentioning earlier, that was actually Peter, actual Paul says this, so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. That phrase there, in your company, um, is a word that really kind of means friendship. He's just saying this, y'all are my friends and I need to see you. And I know some of you, that's how you feel right now. You're like, you guys are my friends and I need to see you. I need to be in your company again. I need to be having fun again with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, And I think there's a lot of freedom in this. Like whatever's fun for you when you do that with other people and then you can bring in the presence of the Lord in there. What a great time. I went golfing with some people from our church on Friday, and part of my conversation was uh, with one college student who's pursuing ministry, and we chatted about that, and uh, we had fun. We, it was refreshing, and I got to hear about what God's doing in his life. Friends, this is important. 
And, and this is how refreshing comes through biblical relationship. Um, this is not the only time Paul mentions this. Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians 7.13 as well. Therefore, we are comforted and besides our own comfort, we rejoice still more at the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. You see what's happening in this one? In this particular story, Peter is, no, it's Paul. Man, Paul isn't even saying that he's happy because he's been refreshed. He's saying, I'm happy because I'm seeing how you all are refreshing each other. And so the other night, Lindsay and I invited some friends over from the church to come and have dinner with us. And um, they said they couldn't. And then we invited some other friends to come over to have dinner with us. And they said they couldn't. And then later we found out it's because the four of them were having dinner together. And I was just excited about that because I was like, this is great. Y'all are becoming friends. You don't even need me anymore. This is awesome. And, and what he's saying here is that friendships form uh, within the body of Christ. And it, it makes us happy to see other people being happy and refreshed by each other. And I can tell you, um, as the pastor of this church, really, there are few things in life that make me happier than when I see you all becoming friends and refreshing each other in the name of Jesus. And so we can't like organize all of this. Like we're not gonna have like a redemption friend dating app, okay, where you swipe right or left or I don't know, up or down. I don't, I don't do that because I'm married. Um, that'd be weird. But, but I'm getting sidetracked. But the point is this, just become friends. Like, just, just be friends and eat meals. And um, if sports ever return, watch sports. Or if you don't like sports, talk about how much you hate sports because that's what people who don't like sports do, right? So just do that and be friends and refresh each other in the presence of the Lord. I'm gonna give you one more because I'm, I wanna show you that this is, this is not like a small thing in the church that Jesus came to plant. This was an important thing in the church that Jesus came to plant. Philemon 1.7, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brothers, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Here, Paul is saying, I am strengthened to do ministry because I'm watching you guys minister, serve, and love each other. That times of refreshing may come. Friends, why do we gather? So that we might be refreshed. What is the source or the power of that gathering? The presence of Jesus. Repentance, biblical relationship, bringing in the presence of God so that what? So that we can be refreshed, be energized to go do what we gotta do in life so we can parent well and be good spouses and love our neighbors and offer forgiveness and serve our community and advance the gospel. This is what the church of Jesus that Jesus came to plant looks like. So what is this gonna look like for us intentionally uh, as a church? We obviously have our gathers, uh, our gatherings. Uh, and so as a church, we have three gatherings in particular that we talk about. Um, gathering one is our weekend service. Uh, and so that'll, of course, uh, on Sunday morning, pick up as soon as we're able. I mean, we do it now, this counts, um, but hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon in person, right? Where we connect with each other and we have biblical teaching and we pray and we worship. And this is kind of an easy one to usher in the presence of the Lord because it's all why we're, why we're there, okay? Um, other gatherings, we, we do the same thing for our kids. Um, and Danae, our kids pastor, does a 
a great job of, uh, of, of making this happen for our kids because we want to teach them what it looks like to do this. And then in the fall, we're going to be launching this for our youth. And we're really excited about this, a 6th through 12th grade gathering that is the same purpose of our Sunday morning gathering where we bring in students together and they hear biblical teaching um, for their age and they experience worship at their age and, uh, and they connect and pray with each other and become friends and learn how to be a part of their church because it's not just their parents' church, it's their church too. And so these are our gatherings as a church. But in the text, in Acts chapter 3, verse 21, it talks about how, um, how this is all leading up to the restoration of all the things. That's what the phrase says, all the things, all the things that God is going to restore. There's a hint in that verse. And what the hint is, is this, that when we gather as a church, what we're doing is we're experiencing snapshots of heaven. And when we gather as a church, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're being a part of the restoration of all things. And so every time we gather, we get to experience a little bit of heaven. And, uh, uh, and sometimes when we do that, it's like so obvious. And other times we just get these moments. But what it means is that every time we gather, that should be one of our goals, that I would get to experience a little bit of heaven today, being refreshed with one another, because one day we're going to be in heaven and the refreshing is just going to be poured out. You guys know the law of diminishing marginal return? It's most easily seen in the first sip of Pepsi, okay? The first sip of Pepsi, delicious. The last sip of Pepsi, horrible, right? Uh, when you have a 12-ounce can. Heaven is like this moment where every experience is like the first sip of Pepsi, where it's that good, it's that refreshing, it's that beautiful. And when we gather as Christians, it's to be refreshing. The first sip of Pepsi, encouraging each other, loving each other, as I spoke earlier, doesn't mean we avoid the discussion around sin. It means graciously, kindly, and gently. We talk about sin and how destructive it is and how it leads to death. And we repent, and then we celebrate. We celebrate when there's repentance because then true refreshing can come. It means that we engage in biblical relationship and we um, refresh each other throughout the week, uh, or via text, or via Marco Polo, or via whatever it is that you use, or when we gather in smaller groups or larger groups or whatever it might be, and we have this in mind. May we refresh each other. Friends, these are all important elements of being the church that Jesus came to plant. We're seeing them right here in the book of Acts. And so here's your prep point for today. Would you look for people in our church body that you can intentionally play a role in refreshing? Encourage them via text. Tell them that you're praying for them. Invite them over. Have a meal. And when you get there, figure out a way to bring in the presence of the Lord. Pray together. Read the Bible together. Just share what God's doing in your life. And let's be a church that refreshes each other. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today at Redemption. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of closing announcements, and then I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll head out. Um, this week is our week for vision. And so if you want to serve at Vision Kitchen on Friday or help in the meal, we'll send out an email tomorrow with all of those instructions. Uh, and, and so thank you again for helping us serve our friends down in South Toledo. If you want to give, you can give online at experienceredemption.com. Thank you so much for continuing to partner with us. Remember, team cookouts this Tuesday. Get yourself on a team. Um, they're very refreshing. And uh, the cookout's going to be a lot of fun. I will keep you updated as far as the building progress goes. I'll let you know when we know. Um, thank you so much for praying with us this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be done. Let's pray.
God, thank you so much for another time to gather in the name of Jesus. I pray that today has been helpful and refreshing. Continue to make us into the church that you came to plant. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash give online. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.